What's up, fight fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, February 12th, 2024, and this week's episode, UFC 298, The Generational Fight. We'll be talking about this past Saturday's UFC Vegas 86 and the middleweight fight between Jack Hermanson and Joe Pfeiffer. Talk about the latest in MMA news. Everyone was in on the Super Bowl last week and it led to quite a few headlines. And we'll cap it off by talking about this coming Saturday's UFC pay-per-view, UFC 298 and the featherweight title fight between Alexander Volkanovsky and Ilya Tupuria. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez and I'm joined by my co-host Natalie Zamudio. Double G, Taylor Swift. Made her appearance on the field. The Kansas uh... City Swifts. Let's go. Champions 2023. What did you think of of the embrace with her and and Kelsey? You know what? (laughs) Anytime your woman is happy, you can only be happy for her. She seemed really happy for him. It was a very tender hug. You know what? (laughs) Let her live. Let him live. You know, that's all I'll say. I'm happy for them. It looks great. Look, I love a love story, and it doesn't matter what kind of movie or, you know, I love a good romance, let me say that. It doesn't matter what kind of story you put the romance in, comedy, drama, war, whatever, football. If you put a good romance in there, it's awesome. So we got a a little romance today, or yesterday, and the game was actually really good. Yeah, I thought it was a great game. I I love the defense. I think you... Saw some just amazing high-level football, even though I have no idea what that is. I'm, you know, I'm an MMA well, you, guy or something like that. No, no, that was that was yeah, pretty was good high-quality football. <laughs> I love the defense. I was like, oh man, they, we we ain't having none of that today. Ain't no freaking throw it 80 yards and we're gonna fall asleep. Nah, you you want it, you earn it, and both teams earned it. Obviously, Mahomes and just clutch. Um, yeah, that was just very. I mean. In hindsight, call the timeout, but whatever. Yeah, look, it was a good game. Just like Saturday, we had a good fight. UFC Vegas 86, Jack Hermanson, Joe Pfeiffer. Um, you know what? Uh, I was hearing this discourse like some people unhappy with the decision. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, look, it, it, was it a blowout? No. That being said, I thought Jack Hermanson executed a amazing game plan chewed up the leg straight punches down the you know straight down the line um really just stayed ahead of joe pfeiffer uh joe i think we kind of look i'm not gonna lie going into the fight i think everyone was starting to drink the kool-aid you know hits harder than francis Ngannou and all this other stuff um i was really more perplexed that i didn't see this big strategic shift for pfeiffer as that fight went on. And mind you, uh, uh, full credit, maybe that's more Jack. You know, you're on one leg. You're not exactly looking to change the whole rule book or the whole playbook for yourself when you're more compromised. But I just was very impressed by Jack's composure. I think that's all that experience and all that, you know, just time in the cage that we really saw displayed. And uh, yeah, just good win for Jack. What about you? It was a good win. It's surprising, you know, but surprising that he won but not surprising that he that he won if that makes any sense so on paper we picked Pfeiffer you picked Pfeiffer I picked him round I roll with my dude the Joker wait I thought you picked Pfeiffer round two did I pick Pfeiffer 
I thought so. But anyway, Shoot. I picked Pfeiffer uh, round one. All right. I would, sorry, I might have. That, that. My bad. I, it's been a long week. You know, <laughs> a lot of Super Bowl. You know. Listen, a lot going on. But in any yeah. case, I did pick him, uh, Pfeiffer, to win round one TKO. Hermanson stayed the course, man. He's a veteran. So he showed that. You know, we did talk about him having those two five-round fights under his belt. I didn't expect him to come in so handy, though, the experience of those. And they really did. Stayed the course, stayed patient, wore down Pfeiffer, and to me, clearly won the fight. So it was a a good win for Hermanson. You know, it wasn't like he dominated. It wasn't an explosive, exceptional win. It was solid. It keeps him in the conversation. I'm assuming he'll hold on to his uh, ranking. I don't think it'll move him up, maybe. But also a good learning experience for Pfeiffer. We see this very often, the hype train. Someone always has to derail the hype train, and so Hermanson did it. But at least it wasn't a you know first-round knockout. Pfeiffer was able to collect some good data, update the software here. So not a bad night for Pfeiffer despite the loss. Good night for Hermanson. Wait, I forgot. Who derailed Habib's hype train? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, someone always has to derail. It's like, do they though? <laughs> do they? Anyway, um, no. Look, uh, very, very fair assessment of the fight. Very, very fair assessment um, for Piper. I, look, he's a fun dude to watch. He'll be back. Uh, I'm not even worried about that. Younger guy in his career, contender series, just like a year and a half ago. He'll be fine. Um, good, good learning experience too. Also, not. Like he was being destroyed, massive damage, you know what I mean? Um, for Hermanson, yeah, look, uh, this time in the middleweight division is interesting because compared to, I'd say even just like about two years ago, um, we have a great level of parity. I mean, you obviously have that group at the top with, you know, Drakus, Hamzat, Izzy Whitaker. Um, but then you also have, you know, now we have a middle of the pack that feels more defined. And those are the guys that are trying to break through so they could get their fights against the aforementioned fighters. So, um, look, Hermanson did shoot his shot in the post-fight, uh, like, scrum. You know, said, hey, I would love to fight Hamzat. Hamzat doesn't have a dance partner. I could see that happening, you know, Battle of Sweden, um, things like that. That being said, uh, he, he also was realistic. He said, well, last week, I, I think it sets it up, me and Nazardine Imavov. Uh, yeah. I also agree with that. I look at the rankings and everything. Um, what are we doing with the middleweight division? I would argue that Jared Cannonier will get the winner of this Saturday's fight between Whitaker and Costa. So I'm going to pencil that one in. And then that would leave Hamzat without a dance partner. Now, where do we go with this middleweight title? I know there's a lot of things unconfirmed. Um, if they don't do Drake Izzy for like a, let's say hypothetically, this big fight or something coming up in April, <laughs> I could yeah. see maybe saying, well, you know, now we're going to pivot. Now let's do Drake Hamzat. So I think until we know who Drake gets, if it is actually Izzy or if it's Hamzat, Jack isn't going to get that fight in particular. Um, so Nazardine, if it's to move everything along, perfect. Now, once again, Jack, veteran, done a lot, still a tough out for a lot of guys. There's options for him, but for my money, Nazardine, or he'll get Hamzat 
if Dracus does indeed get out of Sonya next. Um, what about you? I I think he he made the right pick with Imavov. That's the that's the one I I would like to see, and that's the one I think will happen. Yeah, fair enough. I think it just works with the rankings. Um, like I said, schedule wise, every now and then people need a fight, and he has plenty of big fight experience to step into those. So don't hate it either. Know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Battle of the teammates in the co-main event. Uh, Dan Ige against Andre Feely. You know what? This one, I was trying to compare it to a fight. It was kind of like, you know, you have Andre moving, using that length like he's Steven Thompson. But man, the power from Ige. Uh, I forget if he got the bonus, but he better have 50k. Just cracks Feely and it was... Not, once again, the Masvidal Askren one is kind of the gold standard. He did have a slight slow motion fall to the canvas on that one. That was a pretty nasty one. It's early. There's a lot of knockouts that will happen between now and December. But in terms of first quarter 2024, that may go down as knockout of the quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that makes sense. It was it was a <laughs> It was a wicked one. And the, you know, the, the change at the bottom to finish it off kind of actually woke him up. Oof. Um, but it was, uh, it was a good one, man. He just, he had to go. His wife was in labor, double G. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, can you imagine if your husband was, you know, taking his sweet time getting there and you were just waiting? Be like, just. I'd be like, you back. know what? I'm calling someone else the father. I don't care what <laughs> the test says. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but man, it's, you know. There'd be some, you know, it would be that thing that never gets forgotten whenever you have an argument, right? Exactly. <laughs> you weren't even there. Uh, let's talk about uh, another one. My dude, Gregory Rodriguez, uh, Brad Tavares. You know what? Just heavy hands. Nice finish. I really like that one. It was one of the more uh, pronounced highlights of the undercard. Just a good finish between two scrappers at middleweight. Any thoughts on that one? It was a great, yeah. I felt bad for Tavares. Great win for Gregory, obviously. My my initial thought was when they showed the tail of the tape, how is Gregory Rodriguez younger than Brad Tavares? Brad Tavares is like aging backwards. It's crazy. But in any case, it was a great, great win for him. I'm not going to lie. I've always thought Gregory is older than he actually is, man. <laughs> he, he, he just has one of those faces. I'm sorry. He has one of those faces. Yeah. You know, it's just maybe he's, you know, Got the soul of an old man and it's starting to pop through. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Um, it, look, obviously it was quite the week. Uh, probably one of the bigger ones. Let's get into MMA news. Everyone was in on Super Bowl weekend. Um, look, UFC was at Radio Row, PFL, Power Slap, WWE with their whole Rock and Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes press conference. Everyone was trying to get a little bit of the rub from the Super Bowl. Um, Dana White in particular dropped some news. So let's start with uh, probably the biggest one that we all have our eye on. Uh, UFC 300. He says, uh, what is this graphic? I just had it a second ago. Pretty much who knows what's going to be the headliner. We're going through a lot of crazy expletive, putting this fight together. He told another outlet, you could make a whole documentary on how we put together UFC 300. I mean, Natalie, 
So first off, I think there are a few fans who are like, um, are you just kind of, you know, you're hyping it up like, oh my God. And then, oh, they got it done and people are more excited. Or do you think honestly they are going through some turmoil behind the scenes? I think they're going through some turmoil, man. I know Dana White, he's not usually the kind to like straight out trick, be like, I'm, I'm going to go right and then you know, say he's going right when he knows very well he's going left. Like he might withhold a little bit information here and there and mislead a little bit, but to, to just straight out come out with it and say, you know, going through a lot of crazy stuff, trying to put it together. Like I believe him because, you know, we're looking at the landscape here. We know who's available. We know who's injured, who's not. And we're kind of, wondering what's going to be the main event too. We know there's just very few options, like a tiny, tiny tippy top number of options for this main event. So, I mean, there's three fights that would make fans quote happy. Um, it's still a good card, but for sure, like it's such a sliver of cut fights, right? Is that yeah. what you're getting at? Yeah. There's, there's the, the, like the options for the main event are slim. We know what they are. And, if he's having a hard time with what the options are, then what does that mean? You know, where, where, what are we going to end up with? They're going to have to pull a, I don't know, man, Chuck Liddell. Like what, what like, so what, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to do? Ronda Just, Rousey. Ronda Rousey. I would love it. Ronda. Who does Ronda? I want to think of a good Ronda Kayla Harrison, 135. Sorry, Holly. Sorry, Holly. <laughs> battle of the judos. Battle, <laughs> battle of the former roommates. Yep. Yeah. That would be interesting. Um, I mean, I still, I'm still like partially thinking Conor McGregor is still going to be the main, the main event, but I don't know. I mean, I let... believe him, all that is to say, I believe that they're having trouble. I, I, I accept his, his words as truth. I mean, let's talk about what it could be, right? Um, uh, my my biggest thing, Dracus is probably the eye may just not be ready to go. Like, I'm not saying, put it this way. The doctor may be telling them, hey man, June, you're, you're, you're golden. Let, you could run it. But they might be like, yeah. Anytime you talk about hairline this, anything that, the fact is, you know, like, you can run, you can sweat, you can lift. You can't get hit in the face for a while plain and simple and I think that could be what maybe if it's on making Drakus out of Sonya I would imagine that's the only thing stopping it and you know look we talked about this that's a lot to ask you know if I were Drakus and I was dealing with an issue like that you better you know Conor McGregor money for me to fight out of Sonya if I'm gonna go in and essentially I cannot essentially I cannot get touched until the fight right yeah. To my face. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I would assume. It could be anything. There could be other stuff going on, and, uh, you know, I'll take Dana White's word for it. But if I'm thinking, when I look at that eye, we're only, like, three weeks removed from that. That's what's happening. That's what my most likely theory that's happening there. The Conor McGregor thing, I mean, have you seen this trailer to the movie Roadhouse? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um... Could he be asking for more money? Could he be playing that? I wanted 300. You didn't want me at 300. Now if you want me to save the day, you're going to have to blah, blah. You know, I don't know. Could it be something like that? Who knows? Um, I, 
certainly Connor knows he can just be like, well, I could just go make Roadhouse 2 immediately, direct to DVD and get paid a lot of money for it. And then I don't even need the blah, 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 right? Who knows what it could be? So, I don't know. That That's one thing, you know, like, is Connor asking something? Are the guys... Are, are the guys a little hurt? Are they a little like, no, you told us June. I've been eating pizza. I can't cut that weight in a month and a half. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it is getting, you know, it's February 12th. We are two months away. You Not know? a lot of time. Not a lot of time. Yeah, well, it, put it this way. Essentially, if you're going to get it done, you have to, the camp needs to start tomorrow. You know, arguably today. Uh Otherwise, you know, I, whatever fight it is, you do not want to... It's UFC 300. Everyone involved deserves a full training a full camp, camp. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so whatever may be going on, I would hate for them to be like, yeah, you know, we only got seven weeks to train for the main event of the seminal, you know, the seminal card, uh, you know, that only comes around every five years, right? So I don't know. But... um. If I had to speculate, yeah, people are... Anytime you hear that, it's people are hurt or people want money. You know, I I don't think I'm breaking news when I, you know, speculate. Those are the two things that 99% of the time are the reason, right? So, yeah, there we go. Like for 300, we know what the fights are. It's can they get it done or not, right? I don't think right. there's. Yeah, we know the ones that that are le- are available to make that are worthy enough, big enough for that slot. Yeah. Yeah. So Izzy Dracus, that's probably the front runner. Uh-huh. Connor and Chandler. Um, uh, I I don't know. Let me ask you this one. We don't talk about it a lot. Alex Pereira at three hundred, whether it be against Jamal Ankalaev or, you know, even let's say Tom Aspinall or Izzy. What do you think about that? We don't talk about him a lot. I, I, I know, think fans don't. don't take it seriously, though. I would say for a regular pay-per-view, that's a great main event. For UFC 300, that's a great co-main. Uh, it doesn't feel, you know, main event worthy, but it, it might end up, you know, it. but if that's all we get, not, I don't mean like that's all, like it's going to be a bad fight, but if that's what we get, that's what we get. But do you think if they book Alex Pereira against somebody, they would make him the make him the main or, or move BMF up to main. You know what? I think because he's bigger, they would move him to main. Um, my thing about it is that I feel like they know they have other option options for Aspinall. I I just think they have much. They have other stuff. They don't feel the need to sync up all these belts. You know, like yeah. Alex hasn't defended two hundred five yet. And we're talking about interim heavyweight. Uh, I think UFC is just... It, it, it creates things way too complicated. Um, then there's also this... Uh, what's it called? I, I mean, I've said it. As personalities and as a rivalry, it's great. But I don't I don't want to see Adesanya at 205 right now. I feel like we got a good, you know, baseline for that. I don't yeah. need to see it. There's other fights. Um, I definitely don't need Pereira to cut all that way to 85 again. So it's like, all right, now we're talking about Jamal or Magomed. In which case, we're hearing rumors about, you know, UFC in uh, Brazil in May. Uh 
the only other Brazilian champion is Pantoja. If I'm wait, yes, Pantoja. I don't know that Pantoja by himself can carry a pay per view, so you need to save Pereira for May. Um, in which case, you know, that also that's just more reason why you wouldn't put him at three hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, um. I personally, I would have gone, and I think the time for this is starting to pass. I really thought they were going to add Tom versus Cyril Gaon or someone like that to this one. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that's the plan. In which case, I'm wondering where do they plan to bring him back? Um, I know Tom's obviously hugely popular right now. I'd be shocked if he made it all the way to International Fight Week, like they held him to, till July. But yeah, that's the feeling I'm getting at the moment, you know. Because after April, there's May and June, and then we're at July already. Oh, international, yeah. so it's like you only have two more main events outside of past 300 before we're kind of back on regular schedule, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh God, Dana White, just tell us already. Well, also, on the Conor McGregor thing, how about this other news? He essentially said, yeah, Conor McGregor, you know, essentially he kind of threw water on the whole June 29th and said, yeah, hopefully he fights Chandler in the fall. Oh, God. What do you think of hearing that? I'm, I'm like pulling my hair out here. Why does this keep getting pushed back? And I don't know if it's Conor or the UFC, and either way... It's like, really? You guys still need more time? Connor, you've been just hanging out, having fun. I think you're ready. And I believe him when he says he's ready and when he wants to fight. And and so then I go back to the UFC. Why are they pushing him off? Like, they must know that the longer they keep him out of the cage, the less likely we are to get a good performance. Like, let the man fight. Just just do it. What What is the holdup? What do you think is the actual holdup here? What do I think? I mean, I, I hate to go back to it because it feels like such an unfair thing, but it's got to be in the paperwork. It, assuming we believe everybody, right? I but would he has imagine. so much money. Like, what? Not that you don't deserve to get all the money you're worth. But... That, that's the thing. I think at this point, like, uh, if I'm going to fight, no, I know my value, right? Uh, you know, okay, great example. We just had Super Bowl. Tom yeah. Brady, when he got older, what did he say? I'll take a pay cut. I won't force a team to give me a max contract because I would rather at my age you surround me with a lot of young studs who can run this ball and catch when I pass it and I have a better chance of actually winning another Super Bowl. Right. This isn't a team sport. Conor McGregor, he could be doing other things for a ton of money. If he's going to put his body through it after the broken leg and all this other stuff, uh, give me the bag. And I don't mean the little, you know, Gucci clutch bag you see all the girls with. I'm talking about <laughs> freaking fat, looks like you've been stuffing it with marshmallows kind Both of bag. You get yeah. what I'm saying? I'm yeah. saying, you know? I think that that's what we have going on. That's what I would imagine. I mean, I, look, I know people want to throw it out there. Was he on the juice to heal from the leg, well, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. Man, I mean, it's been two years. If we're honestly talking about a return... That stuff it would be cycled out, even if you did believe that, which, you know, without the proof now, we're just kind of throwing accusations. So it's like, come on now. You know what I mean? I mean, he basically said I had to do what I had to do. So 
the face also doesn't like i lie. said i'll let uh, you know what i'll <laughs> let the it. experts it. do it <laughs> right no one has confirmed so we don't know we have neither confirmed nor denied yep. this but you get my point though even if it was that it's like um we've been in this process for a while now no so yep i don't know i don't know what else it could be um like i said if someone's hurt they're trying to get someone to fight even though they're not quite ready um like a dracus thing potentially i don't know you know yeah that's that that's all i could think of plain and simple um yeah in terms of all this with the uh with 300 i mean what's funny that wasn't even the craziest thing that happened this week did you see sean strickland I and if not <laughs> if not i'm gonna say natalie i'm sorry but you you need to connect me with your husband we need to start like no i actually did and i actually knew who Sneeko was before I saw this video. Just really? <laughs> I just randomly found out who he was like last week. And I was like, oh, this guy. And, and it was someone that was kind of making fun of his boxing prowess. Right. Showing all these videos of him training and how terrible it looked. Um, and then all of a sudden he's fighting Sean Strickland. So take it away. <laughs> okay. So real quick, you know, when I think influencer is such a weird word. When I hear this, oh, he's a streamer. I'm look I'm over 30 when I think streamer I still think you're like ninja playing video games like all day right yeah I now realize no it's streamer you don't even have to game you can literally be like I see people streaming and they're at like the fair and they're just like you know like live like video like vlog they're just essentially live vlogging they're just living their life and letting you watch yes and it's like so that's what this guy does I'm not sure. I don't think he plays games, though. Yeah, right, right. That's what I mean. You're saying so streaming isn't, like, showing you... What I mean is when I hear you're a streamer, I want to ask, so are you, like, the sit-in-your-house-with-your-video-game streamer? Yeah. Or are you, uh, I'm going to laugh really loud for no reason on camera, living my life streamer? You know I what I mean? I don't know, man. You know, I think the, the gist of what I gathered is that he kind of rags on people and calls them out, but isn't really in a position to do that so he's a you know vlog your life streamer not a video yeah, yeah, game yeah. streamer see, yeah. see what i mean there's a difference now what the there's heck i'm getting now. old anyway um all right so look the fact is uh, the gist of it i'm getting is there's probably some kind of thing that said i bet sean strickland only needs one round to knock you out Sean Strickland, fresh off having the middleweight title, is just ripping into this little dude. Has to have about 30 pounds, maybe 40 on him. Yeah. Honestly. And uh, I'm just... What's your reaction when you see stuff like that going on? It was so weird, dude. Like, the, from the very beginning where Forrest Griffin's like, uh, what are you doing? What's going to happen here? And Sean Strickland's like, oh, he's Dana's buddy, you know? Like, so- <laughs> like that makes it okay. <laughs> Well, it's like, I took that to mean, yes, it's, it's been sanctioned by Dana, one, but like, I'm, you know, basically, uh, you know, Dana's forcing me to do this, to give this guy a sparring session, because, you know, he's his buddy. Um, and, you know, Sean Strickland's just basically standing there trying to use defense to avoid this guy's punches, which if you're sparring, I don't know, man, I don't know what the, the deal was, but it, it didn't seem like he was, like, it seemed like Sneeko was trying to hurt Strickland which seemed kind of like all right is that 
Is that how sparring works? Like, are you just trying to test stuff out or are you trying to like, you know, flex? Because it seemed like he was trying to flex a little bit. Strickland's shutting him down with words, you know. Um, when Strickland finally unleashes on him, I thought it was kind of funny at first. Then it kept going a little bit. The towels start flying into the cage. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Honestly, I was disappointed that he didn't knock him down, like with a body shot or something. I, I feel like he should have, you know, was Strickland taking it easy on him even at the end? Or was this guy really tough enough to withstand those punches? I don't know. Do you really think it was the, um, what's it called? You thought he was taking it easy? Is that what we're calling that one? Well, I don't know. It's Strickland. That's the thing, man, is because it looked like he was unleashing on him, right? But I think he was. I mean, those were some pretty solid, the, the, the sound was pretty the good. Sound, yeah, but look, I, as someone who has hit a heavy bag, you can wind up like you're going to hit hard. And then at the very last second, the uh, impact, you can pull back a little bit. I maybe that's what Strickland was doing. Part of I me, have no idea, dude. Maybe part of me is just thinking, it's Sean Strickland. He definitely hit him for real. Yeah, but then why, why the heck? Like I said, like down? I hate to say it, but I saw that video where he was helping the one girl, or he was show, he was like quote sparring with the one girl, and she showed the video and like her legs are like bruised up because Sean, you know, checking kicks, it it sounds like such a defensive thing. You could actually be more aggressive when you check kicks, and it could hurt your opponent. Yeah, you know what I mean. He did that to this little munchkin. I just. You know, so you tell me that Sean Strickland took it easy on this kid. I don't know if I buy that. Um, the kid's mouth was busted up. He was bleeding, yeah, but I just, I guess I'm surprised that the kid didn't go down. Uh, I, I think it was Sadiq Yusuf. He said, you know, essentially, guys, I, I'm going to say something. If your one goal is to not get knocked out, that's actually a lot easier than you'd think it would be. And I'm okay, like, eh. that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so here's my thing, my reaction. Why is it news? Okay, on the one hand, you know, look, we're not in the pickle, the sport of pickleball, right? Right. I get it. It's MMA. People want to be tough. And, you know, look, you, re- you want to go that far for content, you sign the waiver. Part of me does feel like, you know... At a certain point, the guy's got to be like, hey, we're, we're not going to. I think the top level guys should kind of be weary of like, you know what? I'm not going to encourage this. If you want to go to your local gym and do that, sure. A lower level guy, sure. But yep. I'm sorry. But when you're talking about these, you know, physical specimens that really know how to do damage, I don't like the idea of, oh, yeah, we're going to pay you a lot of money and we're going to live stream it because we're going to go viral and I'm going to be famous. And it's like, uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we're I know people do stuff on like world's dumbest videos all the time. I just still think at a certain point there's like, a you know what, one of y'all is going to get a little too bold and, you know. Uh, you just don't want accidents to happen. I'll say yeah, it like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. I yeah. don't care that you signed up for it. I don't care that you this. I don't care that you that. Yeah. No, you know, now we're just... It's slightly devolving, you know? I bet Dana White doesn't let this happen again. Like, he's probably like, no, not worth it. It's not a good idea. It's mm-hmm. stupid. And, like, this Sneeko dude, like, and 
the the people there with him were like, oh man, you you know you didn't get knocked down, good for you, blah blah, like trying to like pump him up, bro. That that just felt very much like I'm sorry. There's like an accident that could happen there when watching this, mind you. And this is why it's like, was he holding back? I mean, it's Sean Strickland. Hours after the Sneeko video, he gets into it with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. By the way, when did Machine Gun Kelly become public enemy number two of MMA after Jake Paul? I don't know, man. He's, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I saw an interview of him like last year on 60 Minutes or something. Yeah. But he walks around. He just looks strange. He's so scrawny and like I think I it's see the, why he would get a he would get into a beef with, with Sean Strickland. Why would you? By the way, I'm, uh, like Sean's a tall dude. MGK was noticeably a lot taller. I didn't realize yeah, that. Very um, tall. Yeah. You know, my one thing about Machine Gun Kelly, and mind you, he is the guy standing next to her all the time. So who's really losing here? Yeah. But every time they photograph him at an event with Megan Fox, and Megan Fox looks like Megan Fox, and you know, like all the comments are like, it's like she's draining his life force to remain hot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, y'all are horrible. <laughs> but it's once so- again, hey, you're the guy with Megan Fox, man. What are you, you know, they, they're they happy. They're doing the whole drinking each other's blood and all that. I, so I saw that headline. So it's like, you know what? Who's really losing here? Good for you, man. But- they seem, you know, a, a perfect match. They really do. You know, she was with Brian Austin Green forever. She has three kids with him. I never got that one. That relationship never made sense to me. Right. These two seem like a match. And hey. Sean Strickland, I don't know why he was beefing with him, but whatever. He just, I don't know, does he hate the music? What could it be? Don't even know, bro. It's just like, yeah, I don't even know. Sean Strickland is... An interesting dude. Why is Machine Gun, Machine Gun Kelly even getting... Like, it's, who's starting it? Is he, like, taunting these MMA fighters? Or do they just see him and they're like, Oh, you. What are you doing here? Like, it's just stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it's... Uh, it's something to observe. I'll put it like that. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> thing I could really think of. But um, yeah, I, I know Dana White was asked about it, and they're like, you just can't bring Sean Strickland around anybody. <laughs> um, but we, all right, let's talk about MMA news. Um, or one of the other non-UFC news. Chris Cyborg, uh, essentially, she spilled the beans. Uh, we talked about it. She, she kind of said it in black and white. Says PFL doesn't have a fight for me until late this year. And so what's going on is that I want to, um, you know, essentially she wanted Pacheco. They couldn't give her Pacheco on the timetable she wants. And she says, I told PFL, I'm not going to take 10 months off, 11 months off, and then go back in to fight a fighter 10 years younger than me. Said, like, you know, I want to be, you know, look, she's later. Essentially, I'm later in my career. I want to be kind of on a good head of steam. I don't want to be like, oh, it's been a long time since I fought and now I'm going back in, right? That's harder to do when you're older compared to when you're younger, like Larissa is what she implied. Right. Um, I've heard this, that she's like, well, no MMA, back to boxing, right? Um, all right, so we've had this talk about, well, what are they doing? What are we... 
essentially, what are we going to do, right? Um, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, it's frustrating because bottom line for me is Chris, Chris Cyborg is a legend of the sport. Let's, it's, you know, it's okay to respect your legends while they're still active. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like the PFL is, feels, has some aversion to it for some reason. She's telling you that, you know, she's not a spring chicken. She can't wait that long to fight Larissa Pacheco because you got to keep the grease, you know, the wheels grease, right? You got to keep the engine moving. She knows her body better than anyone. So let's have a conversation. Let's work this out. Give Cyborg a fight, a worthy fight. And like, let's just forget about all the stuff, the stupid social media stuff. Like she's an asset. She's fun to watch. She's a nice lady. She's a legend. Just give her someone to fight. What's like, why are they trying to game the system so much to put her off for pay-per-view? She's telling you she doesn't want to wait that long. If you put her on a regular fight, people will watch. Do a better job marketing it if you're worried about eyeballs, but people will watch. She has her own, you know, fan base. Sell it up. Let's just if it's not Larissa Pacheco, right? Like if they if they're not able to get that fight earlier off of the pay-per-view earlier, then it's going to be a lesser opponent, and that's kind of okay because then you get to see Cyborg more easily be Cyborg, which is, you know, to say she'll finish her opponent more easily. So it's a win-win. Just give her the fight when she wants it. That's my final word on that. Um, uh, so, look, uh, we're being the dead horse. I get it. In Bellator, Cyborg had a lot more uh, autonomy. PFL picked up the contract. PFL has their plans that probably right. don't jive with cyborgs. Yep. Um, and I think we've been told essentially as much by Chris uh, on social media, right? What I don't like is that we now have this standoff. PFL has their own plan. Pay-per-view next week, another pay-per-view in the winter, and then you have a regular season on ESPN+, and then you have the Bellator series non-pay-per-view on zone. Cyborg is someone they want to make that profit on, right? Larissa is too. The fight itself. Originally, the plan with Kayla Harrison was obviously the front runner. Um, These things are easy to understand. I think, unfortunately, the position we're in now, and I feel like this is just, I don't want to say blame or fault. That's not what's going on. Yeah. But at the time of... You know, the uncertainty in October when we thought, are they going to sell? Are they going to sell the PFL? Is wh- Who's going to be where? Who's going to do what, right? And then Cyborg takes the boxing fight. In hindsight, probably should have held off on that knowing when the pay-per-view was going to be. Now, Don Davis went out there and said, uh, you know, in an interview, this came together in early January. By that time, Cyborg had already signed her boxing fight. I'm assuming there's a lot of contractual stuff that gets involved when it comes time to try to get out of one of these things. Yeah. It wasn't the biggest boxing fight, but the fact is she signed a contract. They were going to televise it or stream it, whatever, right? It's not as easy as I'm out because I got a better deal. It doesn't work that way. Right. Okay. In hindsight, now we're in a pickle because PFL either has to change their business plan that I outlined a second ago. 
or Cyborg has to take the short end of the stick, or you, or that's just it, retire, because it's like, all right, well, if the fight is always Larissa, or whatever we got to do with the layoff and all that, and you know that, that that's just, I, I'm not interested in another fight for Cyborg in the PFL. I'm just not. I don't want to see her in the regular season in April. I don't want to... I just don't think we're at that point anymore for Chris. I would have said Kayla and Larissa. And you know what? Call it a day. We don't got any more to do. The Amanda Nunes rematch is never going to happen. I don't like how it feels like you have two entities that I don't think are... I don't know that... PFL is trying to like, you know, this malevolent force. I think they have a plan and it it just doesn't jive with cyborgs. And so I just I, I don't like it. It feels like uh the fans are a little caught in the middle because at the on the one hand I get what PFL's doing, but then I get it. Cyborg is cyborg. You don't deserve to have to it it shouldn't have to go out like this, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. That's what I'm exactly. trying to get at. It shouldn't have to go out like this, but that's there's just nowhere else to go, unfortunately. Um I'm gonna just ask you, ultimately, do they get it done in cyborg fights earlier? Yes or no? Yes, I do believe they will. Think they'll figure it out? Yeah. <sighs> I think no. Ooh. I, I, and I'll say why. I think they are... Well... <sighs> everything now depends on what happens with Fury and... Uh, sorry, not Fury, but Nganu, right? He beats Joshua. And that's a big if. Uh, he, he's staying in boxing. Strike while the iron is hot, right? Yeah. If he loses, you have a lot more wiggle room to bring him back to MMA. But that being said, now it becomes, is, you know, do you need Nganu? Is it Nganu, Jake Paul? If you don't have Nganu, can Jake Paul headline a pay-per-view by himself? Or do you need Larissa and Chris? At what point will we know if we have all three pieces available? I'm not sure. So in which case, I don't see the PFL booking... Larissa against anyone besides Cyborg. I think they're saving Larissa for pay-per-view. I think even Larissa might know that. And now we're just kind of stuck. But in in my heart for the money, I think they might just have to roll the dice and say, all right, this December we're having Cyborg's retirement fight. And that's just that. And Cyborg, stay busy boxing, stay hungry and all this, and hopefully we make it happen. Because the only other thing I would say that you could do is if you have a commitment from Nganu or Jake and all that and they're both going to be there for you in December. Yeah. Then in that case, you I could see the PFL saying, all right, we can pivot and let's do Larissa and Chris somewhere. Right. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we feel we can afford to lose the pay-per-view. But outside of that scenario, you probably will need Larissa and Chris to bolster that pay-per-view. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a business and they have to run it, but you know, that will help their business if they get cyborg Larissa, but can they get cyborg if they force her? I mean, to wait, I don't know. 
Oh, only oh, they boy. know. Only they know. <laughs> Who knows? We think, we try, and we keep on rolling, right? Anyway, so it keeps on going. Um, this Saturday we have the UFC pay-per-view. UFC 298, Volk versus Tapuria. I know you had some thoughts on this one. Um, we're going to start from the bottom up. We're going to go for a triple header. Henry Cejudo, Marab Davalishvili. So Marab, nine-fight win streak. Most people will tell you that it should have been him, not uh, Chito Vera, who fights Sean O'Malley in Miami, but here we are. Henry Cejudo came back last, what was it, last May against Aljamain Sterling. Comes up short in a tough five-rounder. Now he's back. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a, a interesting because Cejudo came back and it was kind of like, what's my computer doing? It was kind of like, um, you know, is he going to be the same? Is he going to be able to reestablish himself? And it, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a fine fight, but I felt like he wasn't as good as he had been before, which is to be expected. You're coming off a long layoff right back at the top for the belt. So, okay. And Marab's the guy, right? He's the guy who's done the work while Cejudo was gone, racking up the wins, putting himself in a position to fight for the belt, but I guess not exciting enough to get the actual title shot, so he's got to fight Henry Cejudo. This is interesting because... Let me see, what's the age difference here? Cejudo's 37, mm-hmm. you know? Not a spring chicken, but still young. And... If you know how old Marab is, that would be great. I 33. Think 33, 33. 33, man. That's a big age difference. Although, again, talk about another guy who looks older than his age. Marab looks like 45. But um, I think this is going to be Marab. Oh, man, I feel like here. Here's here's what I think as I picture this fight. It's going to be kind of matched. Like, they're kind of going to be able to hurt each other a little bit striking but there's no there's got to be no doubt that Cejudo has the ground advantage although there's I was gonna say does he uh, well that's what I mean it's like it's it's like on paper Olympic gold medalist right but Marab has also got this incredible grappling prowess and you know what they're what Aljamain and all of those guys that's what they're known for right that's yeah. that's their bread and butter. So I'm wondering, because of that, is this going to be like an all-around MMA fight where they're doing striking, they take it to the cage, they take it to the canvas, or is it going to be one of those fights where you have two wrestlers come together, and because they know they can take each other down, they just stand up and fight and see who wins on the with you know on the feet. So I'm wondering how this is going to play out. Um, this is just three rounds, right? Correct. Yeah, man. I don't know who to pick for this one. I still believe in Henry Cejudo, though. He has more on the line. If he loses this, he'd probably retire again. If Marab loses, you know, he'd probably have to win another fight before getting a title shot. So that's that's a tough pill to swallow, too. But I'm going to go Henry Cejudo. I think he's going to win by decision. You know what, Um, I think the biggest thing I think about with this fight is that 
few years ago, probably about an even pick em fight. You give full credit to the momentum behind uh, Cejudo. I mean, double champion, beats Demetrius on a great run, right? This iteration of Henry Cejudo, the thing I would argue is that while he may be on a technical level, like a better striker than Marab, yeah, I think that Marab still does a lot of similar things. And I don't want to say better, but he's younger and yeah. he's just as powerful. Look, I get it. Olympic gold medalist and all that. This is not Olympic wrestling. This is MMA. Right. Marab is very tough, very physical, very powerful. And you're, you know, everyone's wrestling. It's not apples to apples when you could get punched in the face. And Marab is a very big, tough guy for 35 that hits hard. So my, my point of that is to say that um, younger Henry, it's definitely more of technicality than physicality. This fight going in, athleticism is a big part of it. I think that the momentum behind Marab, you really have to take that into consideration. That is a huge weapon right now for a guy his age. Henry, I mean, I, now let's talk intangibles. I feel like I've heard some of the wrong things from Henry. Um, I, I told you, I didn't like how, what I heard him say about the uh, loss to Aljo. It sounded like he was just like, you know what, I'm going to go in. And he just kept talking about Volkanovsky. Huh. And it just was like, did you overlook, you know, the, yeah. the literal Bantamweight champion? Is that what you're telling me? Um, and, and now, look, I, I will say this. The fact that they filmed it makes me feel it's a little bit for the camera. He got rid of his longtime coach, Coach Eric Albericin, who works with the Pitbull brothers and all that. Yep. Um, and look, I, I know he said it for like a good reason. Like I want to make changes to improve, but then a part of me is like, bro, at this stage of your career or, you know, I don't know that a new coach is going to give you that result you're really looking for. You know what I mean? Um, like, I guess how many things can you change now? Look, mind you, maybe I'm wrong. I could eat crow on that, but I just feel like this kind of feels like he's going in there to be like you know what i am who i am i could still beat marab rather than like hey let me dial everything in and everything else right. and you know i don't know i i feel like that hunger i don't know that the hunger and the execution is there right now for henry okay he's a little overconfident thinking that you know he's uh i, I didn't like yeah. I, I didn't like what i heard from after aljo yeah, yeah. That okay. that kind of made me feel like he took his eye off the the correct ball, you know? I right. get it. You want to be a double champ. You wanted to go right into it. I d did not hear what I wanted to hear, which was that, you know what? I am out there to reclaim this belt, etc. I, I you know, I need to test myself against Aljamain and show everyone I'm better than Aljamain. I didn't hear that. It kind of said, I'm going to beat Aljamain. And then I'm going to focus on Volk. And all the energy he should have had for Aljo, he only had it for Volk. Right. Didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't like it. So that's where I'm like, all right, well, what's going on with Henry? He's still brilliant. I'm, I still think he's one of the best strategists out there. But yeah, so I take that into account. I take into account the momentum of Marab. I just like Marab Devalishvili in this one. So right. I'm going to go Marab for the win. Um, decision. 
Okay. Three round fight. Henry could get after it. Marab can get after it. Uh, Henry won't get put down, but I'm gonna go Marab. All right. Yep. I like it. Uh, co-main event: Robert Whitaker against Paula Costa. Um, normally, you fight a guy like Whitaker, you got a title shot. Middleweight has so many players right now, and so this is still a high stakes fight. I think you're selling it more on the clash, the star power of Rob. And the personality of Polo Costa, right? I mean, the man of a million tweets. What I like about it is that you're really expecting a stand-up battle. Paulo is not someone who's going to start going to his grappling and jiu-jitsu and things like that. Rob can go for a takedown. I think his bread and butter is going to be getting in and out against a guy who has historically been a more plodding type fighter. A little more stationary. Paolo, you know, look, he's got all those muscles. He makes them work. Uh, he's not known for getting on the bike and doing this beautiful footwork like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I think that's what's going to make it for a, you know, a stand-up battle. On paper, should be Rob Whitaker easy. You got to always believe in a guy with that much muscle that he could... Ca- look, anyone could get caught any given night, but... Since they announced it, it's every time I look at it, best Whitaker beats the best Paolo. And everything considered, should still have a very high level Whitaker in there. So Rob Whitaker for the win. Yeah, same with me. I think it's going to be easy work for him. You know, coming off the loss to Drakus, he's probably pissed. And every time he loses and he says, you know, I just, I, you know, I've, I've, the loss helped me figure out what I needed to do. I believe him. So I think he's, you know, made whatever changes, big or small, that he needed to do to come out. Holocaust is a good opponent for him, and Robert Whitaker is going to just do Robert Whitaker. And that style that he fights with is going to be very effective against Paulo Costa with his tiny little arms and, you know, limited movement. Paulo Costa hasn't fought since August of 2022. Yeah, the Rockhold fight, Rockhold right? Rockhold fight, yeah, when Rockhold lost but bloodied him up and, and you know kind of embarrassed him before that two losses his last win before that Rockhold win was against Yoel Romero in 2019 like I'm not saying he's got nothing but it's been a while since he's had much and I think this is going to be easy work for Robert Whitaker I see TKO round two oh okay yeah Bobby gonna bring the knuckles to Costa oh, yes. I get it I get it I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, then finally, the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tapuria. The fight that Natalie Zamudio said had to happen. The fight that uh, she <laughs> said couldn't. Uh, Volkanovsky can't leave featherweight without Ilya, you know, without I'm the gambling. Ilya fight happening. Yeah, you know, okay, so it is what it is, right? It's happening. Um, what I love about this fight, and I've said it a few times going into it, this feels like Mayweather Canelo. It feels like the the champ of today taken on who could very well be the champ of tomorrow. Um, I think Ilya's been. For, I just think he's got that superstar thing to him. He dresses cool. He's got that freaking insanely manicured beard. Um, yeah, yeah, multilingual fights. So exciting. He he sleeps, dudes. He's athletic. He's powerful. He's fast. He. He gets after it. Um, all of that, everything says a potential superstar. Natalie, you want to hear a story? 
Yes. I interviewed Elia a few years ago. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people, you know, are going to be like, that's so random. But I just feel like adding to it. You know how I talked about, you know, like, look, he puts himself together, right? He gets on yeah. the dais. He always has the nice suit. I smelled his cologne. <laughs> he had a very strong cologne. I'm not going to lie. It was stuff that, one, you could smell. It's not just expensive. It's even good. Wow. Just want to point that out. Like, you know, it's the whole experience with Tapuria, wow. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Volkanovsky, what can He's I say? Touching, touching all five of your senses. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, you could tell the beard and it's like, look, most people can't grow a beard like Elia. Let's be real. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, all right, this uh, this dude, you know, he's from Georgia, but he speaks Spanish, you know, like from the motherland. I, look, I get it. He, he appeals to multiple countries. He's sleeping <laughs> dudes. I get why UFC is pushing him to this fight. Right. Is what I'm trying to get at. Okay, got it. Uh, did you see Volkanovsky's ad? Where about, uh, it's like for the sports betting site, but it's like a commercial about being called old. No, I didn't see it. Oh my God, I'm going to send it to you right now. Okay. It, hilarious. But the fact is, the people's champion, work. you know, the title holder for the working man, the working class, <laughs> gets out there and just, what can you say about him at featherweight? Beat Jose Aldo, beat Chad Mendes, beat Max Holloway three times, three times. beat Brian Ortega, uh, absolutely throttled the Korean zombie. Um, Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, took out Yair, and Yair was, he looked good early in that fight. That was a, not as easy as Volk made it look. Uh, th- this guy just, you know, how do I put it? You know, the guy's been in the zone at 145. For like the last four years, you know, and easily I get it. Jose Aldo just had more title defenses. I don't know that we've seen a guy when you talk about the level of fighter today perform like Volkanovski. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, He is very easily could go to 55, in my opinion, and do damage. I think that the thing about Volk now, the only thing to ask are the intangibles we heard a lot of stuff from him he talked about his mental health talked about staying busy um you know like that anxiety he gets if he's not in a camp if he doesn't have a fight if he doesn't have this i mean i hear that i look at his schedule he's a very active champion when i hear that part of me thinks is this dude burning the candle at both ends in which case, I would say, I understand from a personal standpoint, needing to stay moving and busy for your own kind of peace of mind. When I talk about an athletic career, that isn't the kind of thing that suggests prolonged time at the top. You know, that sounds like something that leads to burning the candle at both ends. Right. In which case, coming off this loss to Islam Mahachev, Short notice, first round, TKO, all this other stuff. That does make you worry a little bit, right? Because that is, you know, when you start to think, well, you know, those shots that he usually takes well, will he take them as easily in this particular juncture? That's a very big, very, you know, question mark over the fight. The best Volk still beats just about anybody. He's reached officially that GSP, Anderson Silva, 
you know, uh, just Fedor, Habib, like, he's been so good for so long that I'm never going to say tonight's the night that someone's going to take him out in his weight class. You know what I mean? Right. It's just not like, you know, he's figured it out so many times that I'm not going to tell you tonight's the night that some that he's not going to figure it out. Uh, there is probably more question for a 45 fight than there's ever been before. More than the Yair fight. I'll tell you right now. I, I'd argue he was more confident coming off the loss to Islam the first time than he was this one that ended quickly, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because round five, I mean, he... Yeah. Yeah. It was still a good fight. Yeah. If anything, I proved he proved more of his level. Exactly. Um, uh, all things considered, look, you have a very technical guy, very powerful just engine in Volk. I think you have a lot more... If I had to tell you who's, like, faster and all this and that, I don't know that it it's as simple... I think that Volk does a little more. I think that Ilya really does work a lot with his athleticism. I think the thing that has carried him a lot in his fights, he is very athletically gifted. He's very fast. He's very technical, but it's a lot of the basics. I read this stat. He has never thrown a head kick or a body kick. <laughs> like, and, and, you know, think about it. You, you, that is a very easy way to get yourself countered, right? Yeah. And so I think that the fact that he's kind of executed really well like this, he could grapple and all that, he's well-conditioned, I think that's carried him past the competition that he's faced so far. Against a guy like Volkanovski, that can work, but you have to be a little more perfect. You're going to have to realize that this is a guy who is also very tough to get out of there, who's very fast himself, who has up to this point been very durable also himself, and could still be that durable again. So I think that you may have to see Ilya work a lot harder than he's ever had to. To beat the best Volkanovski. But it's possible. For Volk, you have to execute a really good game plan also. He's young. He's fast. So you gotta be in your spots. You can't get after him quickly. You're gonna have to start wearing him down early. Kicks. Uh push him to the fence, maybe even get on top of him, work the jujitsu. I think you're going to have to do a good level of those things because middle of the octagon, mid-range scrap, I think that's a pick em fight. I don't think that's a smart fight for Volk. Right. You're going to have to make this one ugly. May, may not be the prettiest performance, but he has all the weapons to get it done again. I'll, I'll give him that. What about you? Yeah, so uh, this is going to be a great fight. Topuria has a speed and power advantage i would say he definitely has great speed and great power and, and i think he's faster and hits harder than volkanovsky right now kurt volkanovsky so he, he's a great a great striker and his body shots are also an important contribution to his all-around striking game i like volkanovsky though for just being a generally a better well-rounded mma fighter he has a longer reach too so he's got a reach advantage even though he's short Long arms, I think better footwork, MMA footwork, whereas Taporia has great boxing footwork. Volkanovski has better MMA footwork. He's really good at just using his body to stay out of reach, out of reach and, able to, and, and being able to counter with, you know, kick, leg kick, or a punch, a counter punch. So also, Volkanovski is, you know, he's tested himself against 
the best, the champion, the Khabib, you know, prodigy at 155. And in that first fight was able to, to do well for himself, even, you know, hold Islam down and um, apply some ground and pound. So for Volkanovsky, if he can stay, as he said, out of the center of the octagon, let's not make this a firefight. And he can keep a little bit of distance where his range is effective, but he's not too close to, to Puria. I think he'll be able to use his grappling, his ground game, to a big advantage. If he can keep, you know, half a round, take take Volkanovski or take Tapuria down half a round every round, or, or and hold him down for longer and flick some ground and pound, I think that could be his key to victory. So, so I'm looking for Volk to find a way to to safely close the distance or even eat a few punches, but get Tapuria against the cage, get him down, and just sit on him and beat him up. And so Tapuria might have some success in the early rounds, but I think Volk. Also, a little bit of that veteran savvy, kind of like Hermanson, is able going to be able to draw the, the fight out. I think it's going to go the distance, but Volkanovski is going to win using his uh, grappling and ground and pound, especially. Yeah, I think that it's just the versatility of his game that's going to carry Volk. I think that um, I tell you, if you ever get a chance to see him like up close, like as a fight, like if you have a great seat in an arena. Yeah, his ability to like stutter step and close the distance really is something to behold. Like, um, and he usually uses that against a, uh, you know, taller guys. Yeah, uh, I think how much Ilya's taller, but is he even dramatically taller? I feel like this is one of the closest in stature guys that Volk okay. has fought in a minute. You know what I mean? Like Ilya, don't get me wrong. Ilya is obviously like really built for forty five, but I don't know that he's Max Holloway tall or even. Zombie right, tall. exactly. He's not, he's not. Yeah, but my point of that is that I think that um, once again, the speed on Volk and the technicality on Volk is huge. When you watch his fights, when you watch the breakdown of tape, uh, he's really good at get staying out of traps. I think that that's really going to be the key. I think that as long as he dictates the exchanges, the majority of them, obviously avoids getting caught, he wins this fight. I think that Ilya has to be a little more perfect than Volk to win this. And in that way, I think that Volk will get it done. Much as I don't like the way he lost to Islam and how quick he's turning it around. Yeah. I just think he's going to be good to go for this fight. And even if he gets cracked really good, he's going to walk it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. he's the kind of guy that, that still has the ability to do that. That's tough enough to do that. So I agree with you. If he gets cracked, he's going to, you know, go for a takedown, shake it off. Round's going to finish. He'll come back and he'll put it on him. Yep. There you go. But yeah, Volk for the win in this one. Um, Tonight just won't be Elia's night just yet. You know, I think in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next week, loaded uh, weekend once again, to be honest. So you have PFL versus Bellator. And then you have UFC Mexico City, the rematches, Moreno, Royville 2, Brian Ortega, Yair 2. What are your thoughts on next week? Yeah, man, that's crazy, dude. PFL, Bellator, let's see let's see uh, how that looks. Graphics packages, you know, the whole production I'm curious about. How much are they going to, you know, how are they going to present the Bellator fighters versus the PFL fighters, you know, as far as story goes and accolades. And then, of course, the results of the fights. I'm very excited for this one. 
And UFC Mexico is going to be a banger, dude. Uh, the thing um, for myself, it's an all-day thing. PFL Bellator happens early, then uh, UFC happens late at night. Um, you know what? So I'm hearing this, and one thing I hope isn't happening... We talked about the acquisition of Bellator, right? And all the fighters that have a tournament. Yeah. I, and maybe it's I'm reading too much into something, but... I don't like this idea that the Bellator champions are staying Bellator champions. Like, the titles aren't getting unified. They're just, it's like a one-off event. You know what I mean? Okay, so if you if a Bellator fighter So, like, wins, let, let's yeah. say that, um, who's one? Let's say that Pitbull loses to Pinedo. Okay. Pitbull will still go on to be the Bellator champion in a fight later this year. So it's like the Bellator Ryzen thing? Yeah. Okay. I don't like that. Yeah, it's weird. They're under the same banner. The same company owns all the contracts. Um, I don't know. So um, they're just fighting for the PFL championship belts? They're not even that. I think they're... Well, remember, the PFL championship belts don't get defended, technically. They are the most recent champions, but remember, every, it's a season yeah. thing. Yeah. So, so technically, I think they're just fighting for the PFL Super Fight bragging rights. I don't know okay, that there's so new there's hardware. No belt. They're, they're champions fighting each other, but the champions are not fighting for a belt. Correct. Oh, okay. That's I know. I, I, I thought it was the other way, too. I thought, well, clearly, okay, even if there's not a defending of the belt and it's just you're making fights, it's unified, right? Like, yeah. okay, there's no more Bellator champions, but... The impression I'm getting is there will be now. Okay. And then, because that makes me feel like so, like, is everybody, like, if you were only Bellator before, you don't get to be in the PFL tournament, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, they're still being segregated, so that's weird. Okay. Such a strong word, they but made it's a... not wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, right. No, I hear you. They should have made, like, a hybrid belt. I just thought, okay, you yep, know, okay. like... Like, if Pineda wins, you are, like, Pitbull is no longer a Bellator champion. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know. I but just then, was like... Would that have made Pineda Bellator champion, or the belt just gets dissolved? It gets dissolved, because it's unified, right? Yeah, it, yeah, I, that's I, right. I just don't like this idea. This like, well, so who fights, who fights for Bellator then? Who fights in the tournament? Yeah, it's strange. I can't I, I need quite answers. put my finger on it, but it's strange, yeah. And also, like, I asked Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico was like, well, I'm expecting to fight in Bellator. And I'm like, well, what about the tournament? I mean, you'd be huge in the PFL yeah, he'd tournament. Yeah, you'd be great. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, if you watch my interview, it, it didn't seem like that was an idea that had even been broached to him or approached to with him. Oh. Which makes me think, well, wh what is the point of adding all these bellator people to the roster if they're not even going to be part of the pfl yeah like the whole point was at least why i was excited is to be able to see yes some of them go into the you know super fight stuff but to see some of the bellator fighters now be entered into the tournament yeah like it, it creates more parody it's uh, i just was a little shocked natalie you know what i mean super weird bro. i'm like wait so what are we what are we fighting for on saturday is it just bragging rights because i it felt like it was going to be something else at the very least right yeah so I, yeah for some like i you're right i didn't like stop to ask myself what do you win if you win but 
now that we're talking about it, it's surprising me that there's no belt to be had. Yeah, I would have thought at least the top three, you get some kind of special PFL super fight belt. I would have yeah. loved a both PFL and Bellator like combo belt. Like it's got both logos on it. Yeah, actually, we did talk about this, right? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, that's more pie in the sky. I really thought they'd have some kind of PFL super fight belt. Something. I don't may they they could still have it, but I don't know. But I guess my thing is like, why wouldn't Aaron Pico be in the tournament? Why not AJ? Why not why not these chances to make millions? Why not you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. When does the tournament start? April? Yeah. Yeah, you think you'd want you think you'd tell them by now. The PFL guys have told me that they plan to be back in the tournament. And it's like is that something you guys have been talked about, but the Bellator guys haven't? So maybe the because like I have questions. You, yeah, before the merger, like there was a general consensus by managers and some fighters, like if you're a free agent, PFL is the way to go because you have a chance to win this million dollars at the end of the tournament. Yeah, and so you would think that the Bellator guys, like an Aaron Pico, would be interested in that to the point where they would have asked, pursued this with pfl once they got you know acquired so it's strange not only that pfl hasn't told pico but that he himself or his managers haven't inquired about it i mean i I think we're gonna find all this out soon the other thing too is that you know there's also pettis and and i can't remember who else talking about the challenges of being in the tournament and how it's hard to constantly be cutting weight and it it could be that maybe some of these bellator guys don't want to do that but man the promise of that was pretty exciting. So it would be disappointing if it turned out to be, if they turned out to be continuing, like just to operate on parallel lines, but you know, Bellator PFL just side by side. That would be weird. I 1000% agree. Let me make it clear. It's just, uh, you know, once again, it's like low key. What are we doing? Right. Yeah, we'll find out, I guess. Yep. Look, um, by the way, the rematches for UFC, bangers, scrap. I'm expecting just a great doubleheader between all four guys, so that'll be fun. Um, But yeah, look, uh, we have some questions to be answered next week, obviously. It added a whole new segment to the show. (laughs) Um, Two weeks ago, you were like, are we going to find out about UFC 300 next week? And I said yes. I don't remember what you said. still waiting. And we're still waiting. What about next week? Are we going to find out? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna say more. It's like no, yeah. I, keep, I, I hate being wrong when I predict these things. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. All right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, like, comment, subscribe. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good one.